With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to TNTradio.live. Critically analyzing global affairs. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Thank goodness it's Friday and Saturday for some of y'all. You still have this weekend to vote for TNT Radio in the American Liberty Awards. That's AmericanLibertyAwards.com taking place uh, very soon, August 12th in Austin, Texas. I'm also in the running, so... It would be cool if you voted for me as our other TNT folks like Charlie Robinson, Joseph Arthur, and uh, Joe Hoft. So help us out there. It's going to be your last chance. And I thought I'd start. There was an excellent, you know, half-hour analysis by TNTs by my virtual colleague, George Eliasson, of what's going on with Gonzalo Lira. Chilean American. And I interviewed Gonzalo, I think, last year in my podcast. And I'm going to have to side with George on this one, uh, as well as Eva Bartlett uh, and, and Scott Ritter, who's also been a past guest of mine. And uh, basically, George's analysis makes the most sense. Something just doesn't really doesn't smell right with Gonzalo Lira. I don't, again, I don't wish the man any ill, but it just seems like he's got some. Something going on with the Ukrainian SBU or U.S. intelligence. You know, they, they, they just didn't. George explains this. So go to George's Rumble and check that out. But uh, he, he explains it in greater deal. But I think uh, we may have been, uh, as they say, pulled by our noses by uh, Gonzalo Lira. So, yeah, this is just the nature of what's going on, of geopolitics, of information, warfare. You never know. Who is who? So that's why you got to be careful. And I, I never invest in any man. <laughs> I treat all analysts, people uh, the same. So don't you know make heroes of anyone. Uh, Dmitry Medvedev's got an interesting tweet. He says, "Before unwanted presidential candidates in the U.S. would simply get killed, now criminal cases are initiated against them, and they get well." Progress is evident. You know, he's, he's got a good sense of humor. You know, maybe the vodka's helping him out, uh, but nonetheless, uh, there you go. And yet another politician slash celebrity meets Zelensky. This time, I think it's, is it Chris Christie? The, the, he's running for governor. Is it New Jersey? I mean, just <laughs> unbelievable, this, this circus show. But yeah, that's going on. The cradle. You know, they posted a short clip of a news item, which is, for me, especially important. It has to deal with Bible prophecy. You know, people who don't believe in the Bible or prophecy are going to think, oh, what does this have to do with anything? But, you know, it's it's <laughs> clearly playing out. Uh, the cradle uh, says, what's the story with Israel and the red cows? Israel imported five perfectly red heifers from Texas in order to be used for a purification ritual for the third temple it wants to build over the ruins of Al-Aqsa Mosque in occupied Jerusalem. 
So yeah, there's a prophecy that they would build a third temple, you know, for like the Antichrist and all that stuff. So yeah, don't mind me, you know, just let's pretend it's not happening. The prophecy, you know, is not true. This None of this is happening. So uh, yeah, it's uh, Colombia. They got big problems in Colombia. Economic woes have worsened as cocaine prices plunge. I guess for some people that'll be good. No, you get cocaine on the cheap. Uh, cocaine, a significant part of Colombia's economy, is seeing falling prices leading to economic instability and increased violence as illicit groups clash for control. Falling prices are causing hardship in rural areas where communities rely hev heavily on coca cultivation creating an environment akin to the Dutch disease. That's when you put all your eggs in one basket. Where other industries are negatively affected due to an over-reliance on a single resource. So, yeah, that's whoever who would have thought that, you know, would be uh, a problem. Low price for <laughs> cocaine. Um, Bitcoin, interesting news. Bitcoin miners need Bitcoin price to be... Uh, about a hundred grand, ninety-eight thousand dollars per Bitcoin by the having, which is happening next year. I think is it May two thousand twenty-four? Is the having? They say that uh, predictions that Bitcoin will see a six-figure price by the end of twenty twenty-four. Yeah, I've got absolutely no idea. I'm not really a Bitcoiner, but my gut kind of tells me that it might be going in that direction but you know everyone do their own due diligence and nuclear doomsday threat is great and growing scientists urgently warn the satire satire of 1964's dr strange love may become a terrifying global reality by 2024 a coalition of scientists desperately warn over 100 medical journals are simultaneously sounding the alarm that the potential for world-ending nuclear conflict is great and growing amid states like Russia dangerously stockpiling their doomsday payloads. Uh, no, but you know, but America is not doing it. They're, they're not deploying nukes all over Europe, right, and surrounding Russia. That, 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 well, that's okay, but just... <laughs> but anyways, they're, they're trying to freak us, freak us out again about uh, nukes. And there was a fascinating story. I just caught it, uh, that Russia says terms of withdrawal of nuclear weapons from Belarus. So basically, they've got a tall order. The Russia may consider withdrawing its tactical nukes from Belarus if the U.S. and NATO end their hostile policy towards Moscow and Minsk. That They discuss if, if basically if uh, the West, uh, what does it say, pull, pull out their nukes. Uh, right here, it says the weapons could potentially be withdrawn if the U.S. and NATO reverse their destructive course and remove America's nuclear arsenal from Europe and dismantle its infrastructure. I think they also mentioned uh, include Turkey. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. It's not going to fly in Washington, London, Brussels land, but uh, wishful thinking, Kremlin. Uh, but just this sort of rhetoric is interesting. All right, I'm going to remind folks that if you enjoy listening to TNT radio and you think we're doing a good job, let us know. Leave us a, a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter or on uh, Apple Podcasts. That's a big help as well. Uh, helps us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Stream us wherever you are. I listen on Alexa. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
a stunning 19-year-old blonde with over 100,000 social media followers, Mila Sofia, is captivating the internet with her enticing images of exotic travels and glamorous fashion. But there's a twist. Mila Sofia is not a living, breathing human. She is an artificial intelligence-generated virtual influencer. Here with this dystopian story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. This is a good one, Hervori. Um, wow. Uh, so this uh, this lady or thing, what, what do we call this? Uh, Mila Sophia has become a sensation on social media, accumulating an impressive following across different platforms with more than 7,000 followers on her verified X account formerly known as Twitter, 30, over 31,000 on Instagram and a staggering 90,000 on TikTok. Mila's virtual presence is undeniably striking. Her posts depict idyllic scenes from Greece, Bora Bora, and luxurious yachts, capturing the attention and admiration of many. But behind her captivating facade lies a cutting-edge AI technology that brings her to life. Despite her virtual identity, Mila manages to engage and influence her audience, sparking debates about the future of digital influencers and more. In a world where authenticity is highly valued, the revelation of Mila's virtual existence has led to debates about the ethical implications of AI-generated influencers. As Victor Tangerman from Futurism uh, uncovered her true identity, Mila's website boldly acknowledges her AI origins, revealing the creativity and technical prowess behind her digital persona. The seamlessness of her portrayal raises questions about the potential for AI to blur the lines between reality and virtuality, challenging the very concept of human influencers and more, I add. According to directly information from Mila's website, she introduces herself by saying, there's no question about this, but she says, welcome to my virtual realm. I am not your ordinary influencer. I am a 19-year-old woman residing in Finland. But here's the twist. I'm an AI-generated virtual influencer. So she doesn't hide the fact she's not real. Allegedly, supposedly, you would think people seeing her, checking her out, would know she's not real, but no, apparently not. According to, <laughs> this is crazy, according to Alessandra Conti, a celebrity matchmaker, speaking to Fox News Digital, quote, a lot of people just don't read the description and they just see a beautiful woman and they just comment away and that's social media for you, end quote. That's right. Some social media users actually talk to this lady like she's real, telling her how much they would like to meet her in real life. <laughs> yeah. According to Conti, AI-generated users like Mila Sophia are becoming a trend, not just on social media, I hope you're sitting down for this one, but also in the dating world, especially in the last year. I think we're going to have a problem. She explains, quote, I've been a professional matchmaker for 10 plus years. And this year specifically, I've seen such a massive spike in clients, both male and female clients coming in saying that they've been catfished so many times because these AI bots, they're so difficult to discern if it's an artificial intelligence or if it's human. They look so 
authentic, end quote. Um, Hervori, artificial intelligence is catfishing human beings. I think we're like, what, where do we go from here? What do you think? It's, it's like I got to that was hilarious. That last part It's, not, it's, it's like I got to reread it uh, again. That male <laughs> female clients are being catfished, uh, fooled by AI bots. You know, it's like we've seen this trend developing in Japan, especially where uh, Japanese men are marrying virtual desktop girlfriends. I mean, I've read stories where they've married these digital avatars or they've married their blow-up dolls, um, or stuff like this. So I think that's more of the trend. Anything that they can exploit, you know, any avenue, just not to get you to do what humans have been doing since the beginning of time, you know, not to marry because or have kids because climate change is not green, become trans, have cats instead, have an AI spouse in the metaverse, so on and so forth. And, you know, technocracy means just replacing humans anywhere you can less breathing humans whether it's at the, the supermarket we talked about that the other day that the touch oh i mentioned that news article how they want to eliminate like touch points you know ca cashiers ticket sellers uh so you know that that includes i guess uh in terms of relationships kind of reminds me of that tv show i i'd only watched the first or second season i did find it very entertaining i think it was called west world and never got on to the third uh season so yeah i think we're just going to continue along these lines what, what do you think ruckus yeah well there's this other thing too this other lady who's there's a real human being who who did something similar uh she was the first person an influencer to transform herself into ai she made herself a digital twin or whatever you want to call it her name is karen marjorie she made something called karen ai uh, which she refers to as, uh, quote, an extension of me, an extension of my consciousness, end quote. Uh, but here's what she did with her. Um, she's basically advertising as this, uh, the dating specialist Conte describes it. Um, she's basically advertising that, quote, I will be your girlfriend, but it's a dollar a minute. So these people, these men are paying a dollar a minute to chat with her, this, this Karen AI, right? Uh, her image, her likeness. She'll even leave voice, voice notes for them based on the questions that they're asking. It's eerie. It's wild. But I think that with that, it's a bit different because that's consent. AI with consent, in my opinion, is okay. But I think the real trouble comes in when it's older men or women that are getting catfished on these dating apps by these artificial intelligent men and women that look so real, end quote. So, um, do you, like, what's next? So the, the catfishing AI bots are going to start charging you to date them? I mean, are we really getting to that point? Are, are people going to be okay with, oh, this is, I, I, I just can't believe this. This is crazy, man. I also think it's not very manly at all. You know, the fact that there's a market for this, uh, you know, I think it was 20 years ago back in Chicago, I tried online dating once and it was, you know, it just, it, it, for me, it didn't work. I know there have been success stories with people, but just, you know, the real world, just, you know, the real world gives you everything pretty much. And so um, I, don't, I just don't think people should be, you know, playing with these things. Try to stay in the real world. And it's funny you mentioned Karen AI. Our, our uh, you know, you, you know very well Karen Hunt is 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 now listening and will be joining us. You know, <laughs> I was thinking, uh, you know, maybe she'll do, she'll start something like this, like a, like a Karen AI 
uh, for, uh, you know, not not for this sort of stuff, but you know, some sort of Karen AI that that will uh, analyze what's <laughs> going on uh, in the world. So, all right, Ruckus, we'll we'll be keeping an eye on our slide into dystopia and uh, phone open as always. If anyone wants to chat with us, we'll be right back. You should hear what Bruce DeTorres is talking about on World Stage. StopTheGlobalAgenda.com It takes you to a recent Substack post by James Roguski, and it is about multiple deadlines rapidly approaching that could seal our fate under tyrannical protocols globally through and by the United Nations and also the World Health Organization. Four of these deadlines in September, the United Nations plans to adopt a, quote, political declaration of the United Nations General Assembly high-level meeting on pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response, close quotes. In December, there's a deadline to reject the amendments to the international health regulations that were adopted in May 2022. In January, coming up 24, there's a deadline for input to the 300-plus amendments to the international health regulations that are currently being negotiated in secret. And next May 24, is the scheduled date for adoption of the 300-plus amendments and the WHO-CA-plus framework convention, also known as the Pandemic Treaty. I call upon you to do everything in your power to revoke our nation's membership in the World Health Organization. Hashtag exit the WHO. World Stage and Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is a message for the parents of young children in the United States. I am Dr. Tess Laurie from the World Council for Health. Please consider the danger of vaccinating your children and babies with the COVID-19 injections. They are not the same as traditional vaccines and are causing significant harm to children around the world. Your children have their whole lives ahead of them. They are not endangered by COVID at all. Please hear us when we say, for your children, it is much safer to wait. Thank you. We don't talk at you. Blah, 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 Shut blah. Up. We talk with you. What do you think of this idea? Let me tell you this. What's wrong with this picture? From government overreach to the global pandemic, TNT Radio invites you to join us as we separate facts from fiction, truth from propaganda, day in, day out. Call the open line anytime. In the U.S. and Canada, call 1-888-201-6425. In the U.K., call 33 033- 024-1026 and in Australia and New Zealand call 1-800-670-310 Free speech has a home on today's News Talk TNT Radio Returning to the transmission is Karen Hunt who's a free speech advocate exposing the lies of the media her essays explore the big picture through a personal lens offering insight into this dystopian era you gotta subscribe to her substack Kate H Mezek dot substack dot com. She's on Twitter at Karen Elaine Hunt. Welcome back, Karen. Thank you so much. I I was listening. That was I was just laughing. That was so funny. I'm doing my best to restore the good name of Karen, but you know, I'm, I'm I, I obviously there's more than one battle here. You know, first it was the woke thing, and now it's AI. I don't know if I can handle it all. <laughs> It's, it's, you know, I was giving you an idea. You can develop a Karen you know, after your <laughs> Substack. Now you can do do a Karen AI. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh um, my goodness. 
Yeah. And I, by the way, are, are you still, I don't know where you are. Are you still in Costa Rica? Yeah, no, I'm not. You know, I, I was there for about a month and I'm in Phoenix now. And um, I realized I needed to come back to the battle field. I couldn't just, uh, you know, uh, squirrel myself away somewhere um, like that. It was, it was an unexpected feeling that I had. And, you know, I sort of picked Costa Rica because it wasn't, it wasn't like going to Egypt where I got stuck during the pandemic and couldn't get back to my kids and my grandkids, you know, it's sort of relatively not that far away, but, um, but I really just felt like I needed to come back. So, so I did. I, and, um, and now I'm here in, in, in Phoenix, sort of going again between um, Los Angeles and Phoenix. Well, you know, the battlefield is online because the the, the war, the, the, there's the war on for your mind, as Alex Jones mm -hmm. would stay. But, uh, but by the way, you, you, you posted, and I thought this was interesting because it's also kind of relevant to me, you know, congratulations where uh, your Substack you say, averages 50,000 views per month. So uh, it's it's going pretty good, yeah? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I was actually surprised. I don't, and I don't generally, you know, I don't sort of post things like that, but I thought, well, I should let people know that, and, and you know, I mean, that's not like individual, uh, you know, that's not like 50,000 people, but that's, you know, views. It could be, you know, people multiple times viewing it, but um, I feel like that's pretty significant. And um, and besides that, you know, like this last month, I, you know, I get articles published, like suddenly I'll get all these people subscribing from Switzerland and I'm like, what's going on in Switzerland? And, you know, my, my, my articles, my essays are being republished in, you know, in Switzerland in some a publication that I've never heard of. Uh, last month, uh, I think two of my articles were, our essays were published in Off Guardian. And so, you know, that's sort of uh, even, you know, more, uh, more people uh, see it there. So at the same time, you know, I'm back on Twitter, but I'm, I'm just, my, my followers are just going down, down, down. It's, it's kind of ironic because when I was uh, being, felt like I was being censored so much before Elon Musk took over, um, I was just going, my, my followers were go constantly going up, you know, and I've lost like, it, well, since coming back, it's like over a thousand followers. Um, so it's pretty interesting how that, and, and, and really, you know, anyone who writes on Substack, which is pretty much one of the last real bastions of free speech, is heavily censored on X, what is now X. <laughs> I mean, it's just the name X. I mean, don't people get it? I don't know. I don't know why people can't can't see. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was just going to say that because I, I I opened, I started my Substack, geopoliticsandempire.substack.com. Like in June, I just uh, created it. And then I'm switching my membership stuff from my website uh, to Substack, you know, I had some WordPress plugin that was doing it and it just didn't work. And I was shocked where I just, on my webpage, I just redirected the links to take you to Substack, which I'm going to set up to be my membership, you know, paid subscription. I didn't announce anything and I'm already getting free subscribers and paid Substack subscribers, even though there's nothing <laughs> to offer. So that's really oh, kind of makes excellent. you feel good, uh, yeah. where people are just wanting to support you. 
uh, even though there's, you know, they don't get any uh, benefits. And I know, you know, you, you're getting that same thing. And so, and I agree with you, you write that you keep the paid subscription to a minimum five bucks a month, 50 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. I want to keep it as low as possible and, and get stuff out there. So, uh, yeah. And I love your Twitter handle. <laughs> you say fighter, <laughs> your bio fighter, writer, renegade <laughs> band canceled shadow band. No surrender. Do not bow to X refuse the blue check. And then you've got a backup. You know, I, I, I did bite the bullet for the blue check to post, uh, cause my content, yeah. is in video form your yours is written and so i need the longer you know to be able to post an hour or whatever video on twitter so i did bite the bullet but uh, i'm, I'm going to get your thoughts as well i i, I think I, i'm not going to go i'm not going to cross the line when they ask when elon musk asks me to scan my eyeball uh in order <laughs> to you know log into twitter uh, i think that's when i'm going to throw <laughs> throw in yeah we, uh, there has to the, be a place towel. where we draw the line yeah yeah, yeah, that's that's. I mean, come on, that that's coming, and yeah, I do, I do want to get to that, but maybe first, uh, what I initially wanted to get you on because you had, you've been ha- having a series of great articles, and I thought you really nailed it, and other people too, because I posted your article on my Twitter on my Telegram, the one on what is a man, Tucker, mm-hmm. and um, what's this guy, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Tate, and you write. The plan is to turn us all into extremists. There can be no middle ground. Just like on the prison yard, you must identify with one gang or another. And if you're a young man who is angry at being belittled and told constantly you are a white supremacist because of your anger, eventually you will become one and you won't even realize it. And I think you really distill it. It's like, that's true. They don't want any nuance. They want you to be easily categorized to make you an extremist. You know, so you're a proud boy or Oath Keeper or a 3%er or an Antifa or a BLM, uh, number one. And number two, I think it was James Lindsay or someone who mentioned a couple of years back. It's also for the social credit system because on Facebook and all these platforms, they want you to categorize yourself, which will yep. make it that much easier for the AI to then to filter through everyone's profiles and be able to then classify everyone as you know this or that or left or right or whatever N- no nuance right you you, you can't mm-hmm. not be uh you know uh, left or or right and so uh, if you just uh, you know get your thoughts on that after the headlines now big, big news tnt radio news this is james o'neill with a check of today's headlines The latest Ministry of Justice figures reveal a notable increase in the number of Albanian migrants entering the UK prison system for the first time in the past year. The British governing body for the sport of rowing has announced a change in its policy regarding male transgender rowers competing in the women's category. Starting from September 11th, male transgender rowers will no longer be allowed to compete in the women's category. The decision was made to ensure fair and meaningful competition. Free speech is in our DNA. Experimental vaccines will never change that. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Yeah, even there. Never miss out on the news and views of the big issues of the day. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio. Or download the TNT Radio app for free. From the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. We're continuing our chat with Karen Hunt. Uh, subscribe to her Substack, khmezek.substack.com. And so Tate and Tucker, where does a man, what is going on here, Karen? Well, I just thought it was so interesting that um, Tucker chose to interview 
you know, out of all the men that he could choose to interview, he, he traveled all the way to Romania to interview this maniac. And um, I, I speak from some kind of experience, I mean, as a woman, um, because I am also a boxer and a kickboxer. I, I used to fight, you know, I, I, I trained full contact um, as, as a fighter. And I know I've know, ran into many men <laughs> like Andrew Tate, you know, um, in the gym. And it's like the louder that they uh, just, you know, uh, yell, uh, it seems to me the more, in, frankly, the more insecure they are. I mean, I was looking at a thing today where he was yelling and yelling and yelling. And I know plenty of, of uh, very quiet uh, you know, men who do not do that and who, you know, I, I have a lot more respect for, you know, so, and just the way that he lives his life, I, I have no respect for that, but he's somehow um, justifying it. And as we're seeing, you know, sort of turning everything upside down. And when I wrote that piece, um, you know, I even got responses from, but, you know, we need to be extremists now. We, we must be extreme. We're being, you know, it's like a calling now to be extreme. We can't just be, you know, middle of the road, or, uh, relating it to either being, you know, extremism is, you know, standing up for what you believe as opposed to any nuances being, you know, is being wishy-washy. And so that's what I said is people, it's frustrating for me because people aren't seeing how they are being led down, down to, uh, down this path. And, um, and a, a very, you know, a very, very dangerous path. I, I, I have, I have a friend He's a boxer, a huge, big guy, a, a black man who had been, um, you know, he's been knifed, he's been shot, he's, uh, he, w he, he was a sparring partner for Mike Tyson, and he's been in prison a few times. And he said that, you know, he would go to jail, and the first thing he had to do was to pick the other biggest guy there and brutally beat him up. That's the first thing he had to do in prison. To, and so that he would be left alone after that and get, gain respect. Um, this is not a, a world we want to live in, but this is the world that they're bringing us that, that they're bringing us into, and sort of um, idolizing it, you know. So this is a, a you know big concern to me. Yeah, and you know, it, it took me a while to come to the decision to come around on on where I stand with Andrew Tate. I mean, first of all, I didn't really care so much because it's not my shtick his you know his shtick and um you know but you know he'd be making some good points but then you know when he goes around saying you're not a manly you know if, if you choose between an ugly biological woman and a pretty man dressed up as a woman and you don't go for the man something's wrong with you you know I'm, and i'm thinking yeah you know, it's, it's just it's it's a total mishmash where he he pretends mm -hmm. to be a muslim yet he you know exhibits the complete opposite like i think many muslims will say this guy's not a muslim like he's a you know he's mm -hmm. he's clowning around and then you know he was on patrick but david's value tainment I, I like that podcast um so i you know i kind of like what patrick but david does but then uh i you know i just came to the conclusion this guy is no he's he's no role model he's involved you know we've got the clips someone there there are some great twitter accounts that recently like created yeah. a uh, a five minute clip and then an hour long clip where they showed with his own words how he contradicts himself and lies and he's involved with this uh, like this camera stuff with the girls and stuff and it's just like this guy in no way is a role model and it's like I think we, we should finally you know get that out no that uh there's nothing mm -hmm. good for, if you ask no, me coming there from this is guy. not 
And, and what's really interesting to me is that he represents the same kind of thing in a sort of a flipped way that sort of the trans world offers to, you know, um, liberals. Um, he's offering the other, yeah, the other extreme, you know, so, so that um, people, you know, men can latch onto this. And again, it's a sort of a disappearing of women. It, it's, it's really vi violent against women in, in the same kind of way that um, the trans movement is, is, you know, violent towards women. Um, I also, you know, I lived in Egypt for three years. I lived in Luxor. I also, again, met a lot of Muslim men that uh, all the, I mean, I can't, th there's not a single Muslim man, man that I ever met in three years in Luxor that didn't have a very similar view of women that Andrew Tate has. And that's probably why he chose to become a Muslim. Now I say in my piece, I talk about that in my piece, what is a man? And I, on the other hand, I've met plenty of Muslims who don't think like that, who find this extremely concerning that he is perpetuating this, you know, this very, um, you know, archaic, uh, uh, representation of Islam, you know, and I think it was convenient for him to become a Muslim because in his twisted mind, it justified, it's a way to justify uh, his, his behavior. So, you know, he thinks he can have as many women as he wants. I mean, he, t and, and as you say, he, 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 um, you know, there's, there's always a certain amount of truth and he speaks, he's extremely intelligent. He's powerful. He's charismatic. He speaks a lot of truth. You know, he says about the matrix, all those things are, you know, are spot on, but, um, this is what becomes so insidious is because within that truth, he, there are these, horrific lies that he is promoting and he is really inciting much more than January 6th. I feel like, you know, that, that whole ridiculous thing where nobody had a weapon, nobody was just like, a, he's really inciting a, a strong feeling of violence in young men. And that's, yeah, not, and it's, that, that, yeah, that's, that's not a sort of a portrayal of anything of the good side of Islam. I would ask any of these men, um, would you want your daughter dating Andrew Tate and uh, you know any of the men are supporting him I, I, any decent honorable man would have to say no to that you know that that's the bottom line yeah I mean I look in a man I look for him to be well-rounded uh, you know a good physique is good uh, you know is, is is a plus but um you know Bugattis and and you know obsessed with uh sex or whatever I mean this again is not no, and it's corrupting conservatism as well. People have mentioned this online. It's a form of cor corrupting conservatism. Uh, it's, yeah, it's like on the right, like they're trying to corrupt uh, everything from all sides, the, the globalists, and so now they're attempting to corrupt as much as they can uh, conservatives. And it's interesting, someone also pointed out that I think Tucker's father was CIA and so was uh, Andrew Tate. So again, there's just a lot of questions bring, 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 yeah. being brought up with, with all of that. Uh, but moving, and, and by the way, I think I just read that he won his appeal, so now he doesn't have to be under, right. uh, I think, house arrest. So we'll see how that Yeah, goes. I think it still, and, I think it still goes to court, but oh my goodness, he's going to have such a big head <laughs> if, he, if he completely. Well, yeah, and, uh, yeah, you just reminded me, um, oh, did it, I think I, I closed it, but basically um, there was a great quote you pulled. Uh, let me see if I can just pull it up real quick. Uh, where he, the, the ego, that's another thing I can't stand, the, the pride. I, I was going to mention before, I, I, I treasure in people, you know, humility 
And he says, there's no influencer on the planet besides me who is genuinely benefiting your life. And then you say, yes, Andrew Tate actually said that. And I'm thinking, you know, this this is 15 minutes of fame. You know, I, I've, mm-hmm. I've thought about this a lot, having been a history student teacher. You know, everyone fades away. Everyone's star fades away. He's, the, he, you know, Andrew Tate now is, uh, you know, everyone's talking about him. But in a few years, like, no one's going to care. No one's going to know. That, 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 you know. Honestly, that that's how life is and history is. And um, he's going to be no one in a couple of years. No one's going to care. He's going to get older. And so uh, th- this hubris that he has, it's uh, th- that's a terrible uh Sign yeah, yeah and- my father, my father, who I greatly admired, strong man, but also a humble man, um, would say, you know, you, you have a race and somebody wins the race and they've got the perfect physique. I mean, they've been blessed with all of the, you know, the right DNA, everything. They win that race. And then you've got the guy who overcame, you know, polio or who has asthma and, and they might, they might come in last, but they finished that race and, and that person can have, it can actually be a stronger person than the one who who won the race because they overcame more you know our way they are pushing us to look at success in these very materialistic terms and uh, i mean just more and more and more but you know with these billionaires and all of that and this is not the meaning of of fulfillment and and joy and peace and and you know true fulfillment in our lives to get another bugatti is never gonna you know satisfy your soul you know (laughs) That, that makes me think when I was still teaching at the, the where, where in Mexico where the they all the millionaires send send uh, their kids and they'd make fun of me. I had a two thousand and one Honda CRV and one of my <laughs> you know wealthy female students would make fun of me, uh, saying uh, I call it a mama mobile uh, and um, yeah I, I, I didn't I didn't care you know and so uh, but you know moving on to Worldcoin uh, you know last week I almost fell off my chair when you know simultaneously you had announced it was like the same day putin signs into law the russian algorithm ghetto the digital ruble cbdc musk transfers changes twitter to x uh, to advance the you know the wechat everything the, the darpa wechat everything app social credit system and then worldcoin deploys with these eye scanning orbs mm-hmm. even reuters mentioned like two days ago in mexico city uh, here they've got the orbs out and and uh, scanning people's eyes and it's to create a global digital id and and my, my biggest focus is world government and this technocracy and i subscribe to some newsletters on world government and today i just got one in um and it's they're talking about how they're trying to build this uh, this earth constitution and reconfigure world government in the un and that they're going to split the world into like a thousand districts and you're going to vote with your digital id so you know i think this is another thing people aren't thinking about there's multiple uses to this digital id one is down the line when they formulate the world government to to vote with your digital id in the electronic you know uh voting system for the world government of course as part of the social credit uh system uh and so <laughs> what are your thoughts on what's happening with Worldcoin? Yeah, so I've been writing about this for a while, and it's really interesting to me because when I write about this topic, it's sort of like the people, it's like the least interesting thing that people find, I guess, you know, I get the least amount of um, 
uh, I think readership, you know, on things like this, which drives me a little crazy because to me, it's like the most important thing. (laughs) Yes. It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, like on this one, I see, I've had it up there. If I write about Bill Gates, Bill Gates or the next pandemic, which I'm going to write about in a, in a minute, you know, I, I can be sure to get a lot more, uh, engagement but things like this i just i think people you know the whole thing about cap about how um important it is that they're capturing your data people don't get it because it's not it's so sort of ethereal they can't grasp it and hold it in their hand they don't really people don't understand how, how that this is the gold i've been saying this forever you know this is the gold and whoever has the most data wins this race and they, and these and you can see they're all in this race so in that essay i i i name a few of the different ones that are you know sort of in competition with one another which vitalik buterin one of the most interesting characters to me the guy who you know created ethereum um, he's a really interesting character to me. You know, he talks about some of the concerns about WorldCoin, and then and then sort of talks about all these different uh, different ones. You know, proof of humanity, bright ID, IDNA, uh, circles, and I go into circles in a little more depth because it really, if you you know, if you understand what circles is is doing, you kind of understand like because they lay it all out on their website. You kind of really get to understand what what the, this whole plan is. And, and I feel, and, you know, and they're all in competition with one another, but, you know, but then, but then I begin to wonder, are they really in competition or is it sort of like, you know, the, the company, you know, when, when they offer you different cereals in the market, they're just trying to see what, what, um, what catches the most with people, you know, and whatever it is, that's what they're going to go with. I, I, I sort of, so I really kind of have this feeling, this uneasiness about it that, um, that the competition, all of these competitions are there just for our benefit. And there's really, you know, one, because even today, like today, I just read that, that uh, like Elon Musk, you know, Elon Musk and Sam Altman, they're supposed to be these rivals. They both uh, started open AI together and, and Elon Musk left and all, all of that went on. But, um, but he still owns, apparently he's absorbed the original, um, uh, the the original domain name uh, from that OpenAI into X, and so I have to look into that further because you really kind of wonder, you know, at at, a, at another like really higher level, are they really rivals, or when it push comes to shove, they're going to make deals with one another, you know, when it suits their purposes. I, I think like, those are- like yeah yeah. Yeah, we're just going to have to jump to break, but I just didn't want to add, you know, that was a great uh, analogy with the cereals. And, you know, my theory has been that this is, you know, this is this is the globalist laboratory. So they're still building, constructing these systems and um, they're experimenting and building it. And, you know, it's just like anything. They're, they're going to fail with some of their projects. They're going to have to tweak them. And it's like betting on all horses, kind of like with the cereals, you know. And so they're going to bet on Bitcoin and WorldCoin and CBDCs and Ethereum and Binance. And, you know, I had one of my guests on Mark Yevtovich who predicted, he said that they're going to go with something private, like use uh, Ethereum as mm-hmm. some countries will use it as their foundation for their CBDC. And then a week later, literally, I like the Central Bank of Norway said, we're going to use uh, Ethereum as our, the basis for our CBDC. And then Kazakhstan said they're going to experiment with using Binance as their foundation for their CBDC. And so 
uh, yeah, they're they're going to see which system works the best. Yep. Go roll with that, and then discard discard the rest. And so we're going to jump to our break. The website is khmezek m e z e k Phone lines are open. We'll be right back. Dumpster diving. NASA scientist urges Joe Biden to declare a national climate emergency. Dumpster diving? Oh yes, you heard that right. From Washington, D.C., this is the Morano Minute with your host, TNT Radio's Mark Morano. NASA's esteemed jet propulsion lab climate scientist Peter Kalmus wrote in the U.K. Guardian, Joe Biden must declare a climate emergency and he must do so now. Uh, but just who is Peter Kalmus? Peter Kalmus is a self-confessed dumpster diving end of the world climate scientist at NASA. He has warned it's the, quote, end of life on Earth as we know it, and it's freaking out in my brain. According to a 2021 profile in ProPublica, Kalmus is a longtime dumpster diver in order to live a low-carbon lifestyle, picking up broken eggs and moldy bread and fruit from dumpsters in order to reduce his carbon footprint. He also stopped using a flush toilet and had to use eucalyptus leaves to, quote, cover up the smell, and then he eventually had to move the composting toilet outdoors. He calls his climate fairs, quote, my personal hell. The real question is why is NASA employing mentally unstable scientists? This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT Radio. Challenging the consensus and debunking the narrative. This is Viewpoint. Several countries and automakers have pledged to end the sale of combustion engine cars by 2035. Electric cars are intended to take over, and this is supposed to be green. The transition to electric vehicles would require batteries galore, and therefore the biggest expansion of mining that the world has seen. Tailings from mines contaminate much wider regions, including major rivers, lakes and the oceans. It takes 500,000 gallons of water to mine one ton of lithium, and farmers left without a drop are forced out. Lithium-ion batteries used in electric cars are difficult and costly to recycle, and it's cheaper just to mine more lithium. Significant quantities of plastic, aluminium, rubber, and particularly iron are required for electric cars, just as any other car. Massive new charging station infrastructure will again require more resources. Is this really green? Be a part of the conversation. Let's talk about politics. This is today's News Talk Radio. Uh, Thanks for representing, brother. TNT. It's our last segment with Karen Hunt. Uh, you ought to subscribe to her Substack, khmezek.substack.com. She's on Twitter at Karen Elaine, A-L-A-I-N-E Hunt. And we're talking about WorldCoin and digital ID. And Karen, I, I think just think it's all happening so fast. It's accelerating. I read biometricupdate.com and reclaimthenet.org. And every day I'm reading how Kenya is deploying national digital ID in Ghana and like all this crazy stuff, all these con- here in Mexico, you know, one of my listeners was consulted with me before they want a new consult. They live in Mexico, they're foreigners. And um, the foreign minister of Mexico just revealed something called plan Angel, Angel. It should literally be called Plan Diablo because he, he came out and said and all excited on the stage saying we're going to have, um, what did he say, F- nationwide in Mexico, facial recognition, morphological detection. So just by your body, they can detect who you are. Vehicle tracking nationwide, drone tracking, all, and he said most importantly, all based on an ecosystem of artificial 
intelligence. And I'm thinking, first of all, you know, his name is Marcel, Marcelo Ebrard. He, he looks like a total clown. There's no way he came up with any of this. He was handed uh, this by, you know, these backroom consultancies linked to, to, to Davos and, and, you know, all of that. And so you look now, every single politician of ours is just like a globalist used car salesman. Even Bukele, yeah. you know, for people who still think in, in El Salvador, he came out two weeks ago, uh, you know, showing his globalist. He said, let's integrate all seven Central American countries to form a Central American Union based on the European Union. You know, I, no matter how likable the guy is and how much crime he solves, that is de facto globalism. And so, you know, there, there are no more heroes. And so, you know, your further thoughts on the advance of WorldCoin and then wh whether people are going to be, you know, e eating this up, scanning their eyeballs for, you know, 70 bucks <laughs> is what they're getting offered. Uh, I think people are going to do it. But what's interesting to me is that people don't really take it seriously. Um, uh, you know, from, you know, my, from writing about it, there are plenty of people who respond, well, you know, okay, but that will never happen. And AI is never going to be that smart. And, you know, it's all going to fall apart and, and it's, you know, it's never going to happen. So I don't know what they're thinking. They're just going to go along and along and along. It, it's sort of like, uh, sticking your head in the sand and basically because and you hear over and over again it's so convenient it's so convenient so i've just been trying to write i got frustrated today and i started writing a piece like just start you know start saying no like just try for a day to find a location without your gps just try you know get take off your fitbit watch and take some steps and sort of instinctually figure out how far you walk you know, things like that. I mean, do you not, I mean, try in certain ways to remove yourself. You know, like what I, what I do is I look at all different kinds of news, like, like mess with the algorithm. Don't just look at those influencers that you always go to, you know, click on something that totally will shock the algorithm <laughs> and take you to a place that you've never been before. Even if it's, you know, God forbid, it's something that you totally disagree with. I like go to the Atlantic or go, I, I read all different kinds of news every day, you know, so that I get a, like, that's how I'm able to write things from and, and see, you know, the big picture or whatever. Like you have to do that. If you just, if you just blindly allow yourself to be led down this path, you're going to get very comfortable, you know, it becomes a very, the prison becomes very comfortable. And it's like I said, you know, before you, you, you don't realize that you're in a prison after all, only when it becomes so tight around you, you know, and you realize I cannot, I can no longer get out. And literally, you know, people will not be able to get out because they will literally be dependent on it for their, their survival. I mean, what's interesting is that these, like this global plan, but they're putting people like this circles thing I found so interesting because they want to put people into these little communities. And, and this is what, um, what Vital Butran is doing with Ethereum. What, what it's sort of the basis for this is that within that, within that circle, you are answerable to the other people in your circle. Uh, have you ever seen the hen yard with the one hen pecked hen? 
there's always somebody, right? So if you're not, if you're in a circle and you end up not being accepted and the whole thing is about trust and suddenly you are not trusted within the circle. Um, I mean, this is a frightening world. It's like, it's like East Europe, like I say in, the, in that essay, it's like East Europe on steroids. It's like every East European, you know, uh, uh, crazy person's dream come true. The government is no longer even the AI no longer has to monitor you. You're being monitored by your neighbor, by your children, by, by you know, every, every th possible way you are being under surveillance. Yeah. The, the other day I was uh, chatting with a former TNT guest of mine uh, here at the beach in Mexico, and he was saying how only um, RFK Jr. comes up in his feed. And I'm like, well... You, he's like no one else. I don't hear any about, anything about anyone else. I'm like, well, you curate curate your own feed. You know, we I, I curate my own feed with all my different inputs, my email list, my bookmarks, my you know Twitter, Telegram, all that. And I'm like, you're you're not subscribed to DeSantis, Trump, Vivek, or Biden. That's, you know, you're not getting it. And he's like, oh right, yeah, you know, like you. So you that's why you're not getting anything else except you know RFK Jr. news. But just a couple of minutes left uh, and i didn't want to add I, I love how you close the world coin article on substack perhaps tech gods like altman blenia and buterin should take a lesson from what happened to dr tyrell and in, in blade runner you know when roy batty uh you know digs his eyes out and and, and kills him you know they, they come to confront their maker and I, I love your intro to is elon musk the anti christ mr x x files x rays xbox project x x marks the spot solve x for uh, um, solve for x and algebra x for represents the unknown x is ai uh elon musk wants to use ai to make x unknowable it's like the x files right is he the antichrist mm -hmm. uh, he'd be a good candidate uh maybe mm -hmm. he's just front running you know by the way separately i was reading the news today the cradle reported on how uh, the, the Jews in Israel are preparing. They've gotten their perfect red heifers from Texas, they're prepared, which they're going to need for their third temple, which is wow. you know, the Bible uh, prophecy. So we only got oh two and a half goodness. minutes left, but you know, thought, yeah, <laughs> thoughts on uh, Elon Musk, uh, X, and uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and anything else. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and I just say, said that sort of, you know, because it's kind of a fun thing to speculate about. I don't know, you know, it's, it's just a question, you know, so people got all sort of up in arms about, oh, Elon Musk, Antichrist. No, it's Trump. And no, it's this and that. And it's like, well, of course, we don't know who the Antichrist is because, you know, you, you're not, you're not going to know who the Antichrist is. You're not going to be able to figure that out or whatever. So, so it's all interesting. But, you know, asking these questions, I think, is important and not feeling like, well, just because you ask a question, it doesn't mean that there's necessarily some answer that you know. You know, you, it's important to ask questions <laughs> and to see where those questions lead you. And not always, we don't always have, also, we do not always have to agree with one another on everything. Um, well, that's a whole other topic about Israel. And I would, you know, I, I, that's amazing. I didn't know that that was happening. But, um, yeah, that that's something I I should I would like to explore more in the future, definitely. But the whole thing, you know, I, I hope that people will, if they get anything out of listening today, they will just try some experimentation with if there are certain things that they know that they're mm -hmm. or that they don't even think about that they're dependent on. Try to just pull back a little, see if you can get get rid of those things for a minute. Yeah, try to go analog. And uh, just one more uh, sentence from the article. 
Uh, with Starlink, Starlink dominating the skies, the time will soon come when every single person on the planet will need to verify with biometric data that they are a real person. Hey, maybe they'll send a eye scanning orb to your window uh, when, when, when should you oh decide goodness. to uh, take the mark of the beast. 30 seconds left real quick. Uh, best places to find and support you. Yeah, just check me out. You can also go to Break Free with Karen Hunt. You'll find me on Substack there or khmajek.substack.com and Twitter, Karen Elaine Hunt. Um, you can just look me up. Hey, Google me. <laughs> I think you can still right, find you. me on Thanks, Google. Thanks, Karen.